This is Doreen Grace. Welcome to the Soul Spa Podcast. Today, I'm talking about relationship goals. Whether you're married or single, whether you have kids or don't have kids, we can all work to improve our most valued relationships. I hope you will be empowered, rejuvenated, and inspired by today's podcast. According to a 75-year Harvard study, the quality of our relationships is the most important factor for happiness and health. Warren Buffett and Bill Gates define success as having the people you care about care about you. Relationships are what ground us. They're what make everything else that we do have meaning. So what can we do if our most valued relationships aren't where we'd like them to be? How can we be a better spouse, son or daughter, sister or brother, parent, coworker, neighbor or friend? Whenever I talk about relationships with someone, I notice that their default mode is to go straight to that place where they feel disconnected or lack. You know, maybe it's that marriage that didn't work out, or a strained relationship with an adult child, or it could be a betrayal with a close friend or a business partner. We tend to focus on the missing pieces or the broken parts. But even if some of our relationships have not been going quite as well as we would like in the past, we can always start over right where we are and begin again, starting with the relationships that we currently have. You might say, Doreen, My kids are grown. It's too late to work on my relationship with them. This is a major theme with many of the members of my mastermind group, but can you write a letter? And even though you can't change the past, you can still say you're sorry and begin again. You can sew into the relationships that you want to strengthen. Find ways to make a fresh connection. Buy a small gift, send an email, write a card, pick up the phone. When you do get to spend time with your loved ones, are you distracted by your phone or are you listening and fully engaged? Now there are two extremes to be avoided in a relationship, especially with your adult kids. One is becoming enmeshed and the other is becoming disengaged. And my husband's family was one extreme and mine was the other. At one time, I wished my parents were more engaged in my life, but in hindsight, it forced me to grow up fast and take responsibility for my own life. Now, I'm very grateful for that. But ideally, we want to be somewhere in the middle. We don't want to be overly enmeshed and involved in their personal business or disengaged where you're just completely checked out. With our kids, especially when they're little and still in the home, uh, trying to smooth out the path to make life easier will not give them the resilience they need to succeed in life. Continually fixing their mistakes, you know, if they're older, paying off their debts, bailing them out from their poor decisions, that doesn't teach them wisdom. It clips their wings and it keeps them from learning how to fly on their own. I know it's hard to watch our kids experience pain, loss, or rejection. It is so hard to sit back and watch them struggle. But it's in those challenges and in that struggle that empathy is cultivated 
and character and strength are developed. Failure is what paves the road to success. So if we bubble wrap our kids to try to protect them or give them a trophy just for showing up and never let them struggle, we won't prepare them to deal with real life, which is a huge disservice. We can love them best by cheering them on as they run their race, but it's their race. We can't run it for them. Once our kids are grown, our relationship with them changes, and we need to accept that and adapt to it. We have a daughter now who is 24. We're trying to set a new standard with our own family and be intentional about strengthening our relationships with each other. We try to avoid falling into either extreme of being too enmeshed or completely checked out and disengaged. We talk with our daughter about you know, how many times per week she'd like us to call. And if she doesn't spend every holiday with us, that's okay. We don't use guilt to try to make her visit us more. We remember how that felt when we both worked a lot more hours than we do now, and we barely had time to floss our teeth. But some of our relatives expected a lot from us, and that pressure didn't make us want to come over more. We know our daughter's busy, and we don't take it personally if she can't visit us as much as we would like, but we put a lot of effort into finding things that we enjoy doing together and try to keep it fun when we do do things. Now there's a well-known book called How to Win Friends and Influence People, written by Dale Carnegie. The title makes it sound like a book about how to manipulate people to get what you want from them, but that's not really what it is at all. It's actually a manual for how to improve your social skills to build better relationships. I can save you the trouble of reading the book by summing it up for you in a couple of sentences. Try to see things from the other person's point of view. Say their name a lot. Pay attention to them. Ask questions to express interest in their interests and make them feel valued. This book is a classic for anyone in sales or in business, but the same principles also apply to personal relationships. Pay attention to them. Ask questions, express interest in their interests and make them feel valued. Try to see things from the other person's point of view. If a relationship is toxic or harmful and drains your energy, that is not a healthy relationship. Those are relationship vampires. They'll keep you distracted from pursuing your destiny if you let them. We need strong boundaries with relationships that negatively affect us. Setting healthy boundaries is where you decide what's healthy and safe and works for you. You tell the other person what behaviors you will or will not accept and what the consequences will be if they don't comply. I found that the people who don't respect my boundaries and they get upset over them are the very people who need the boundaries the most. We have to be extra firm when they push back and be forewarned, they will push back. That is a sign that they particularly need the boundaries that you've created and it's time to double down in your resolve. Don't renegotiate. Growing up in a religious environment, it was kind of considered selfish to put your own needs first, but eventually I learned that I had to become more assertive and I had to train myself to ask for what I need and not apologize for it. I had to learn to honor and respect my own limits of what I'm able to do. Instead of doing everything that everyone asked me to do, 
Otherwise, it made me miserable and started to negatively affect every area of my life. I've learned it's okay for them to be unhappy for a change instead of me being unhappy. Having healthy relationships is a balancing act between focusing on loving others as well as loving yourself too. People treat us the way that we will allow them to treat us. So the question is not, why are they still doing that? The real question is, why are you still allowing them to treat you that way? We can't change another person's behavior, but we can choose our own response. And we can choose the behavior or treatment that we will tolerate and allow. If you're a people pleaser, like I used to be, always wanting to keep everyone else happy, this can be especially challenging. But setting healthy boundaries is a form of self-care. Boundaries mean saying no to anything that doesn't align with your priorities or core values. Boundaries provide emotional or physical safety from anything harmful. If you don't respect your own needs, eventually you will not be in a good enough place to be of much help to anyone else. You'll be too stressed out or resentful from placing everybody else's needs over your own. So honoring yourself as you honor others is key. And there are some people that we may need to love from a safe distance to protect our own well-being. The golden rule is to love others as you love yourself. If you don't love yourself, make sure you do that first and foremost. Loving and serving others, yes, that can be a wonderful form of self-care and healing. Service is just absolutely transformative. But being whole and complete within yourself, not needing any form of outside validation from anyone else, is essential to being able to love others well. If you don't already love yourself or like yourself very much, Healing that inner peace will save you a ton of drama in all of your other relationships. Whether you are single and dating or have been married for 40 years, building a long-lasting, loving, healthy relationship requires hard work and consistent effort. Developing empathy is key. Empathy is the ability to imagine how it feels to be in the other person's shoes. It's considering how your actions will affect them or make them feel. You cultivate empathy within a relationship by listening to each other's thoughts and considering one another's feelings. Relationships without empathy can fall apart over the pettiest differences. I have seen that happen, unfortunately. But learning to see things from the other person's point of view and appreciating their uniqueness and individuality develops closeness and intimacy. In a healthy marriage, it should be both a give and take, not one-sided. You wanna listen as much as you talk. And instead of looking for what you can get from another, look for ways to love, serve, and add value as well. Honoring each other's feelings, preferences, time, and goals is another essential component to maintaining healthy relationships. If you're constantly serving the ball and they're not returning the serve, something isn't working. You're not connecting. Then you may need to do a love dare to get reconnected. 
The love dare requires making an action plan for improving your relationship and committing to it for as long as it takes. It can be something as simple as keeping a gratitude journal of all the things your loved one does that you love about them, then wrapping it up and giving it to them as a gift at the end of the year. Or it may be a series of small acts of kindness. The point of a love dare is to love someone unconditionally with the hope of deepening your connection with them. And lastly, forgiveness is key. Forgive your parents for not being perfect. They were the perfect parents for you to become who you needed to be. Whatever flaws or failures they may have, they are the right parents for you in order to fulfill your destiny. Forgive them. Forgive everyone else who has ever hurt you, lied about you, slandered you, stolen from you, or cheated on you. It doesn't mean you have to let them back into your inner circle where they can continue to harm you. We need to surround ourselves with people who are safe to be around and weed out those relational vampires that drain our energy. But not forgiving someone is like mixing poison for them and drinking it yourself. Forgiving others is a gift we give to ourselves. And remember to forgive yourself too. Forgive yourself for the past. Forgive yourself for not being further along than you already are. Forgive yourself for mistakes that you've made along the way. The past is your teacher. Don't make it your home. Healing our own heart stuff and trauma is the surest way to improve and strengthen all of our relationships. Even if some of our relationships are not going as well as we would like, we can start over right where we are and begin again today. Grace and peace be with you, my friends. Be sure to subscribe to the Soul Spot Podcast wherever you get your podcasts so you'll be sure to catch every episode as soon as it is released. Thank you for listening.